Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Did you ever, did you ever get a song in your head and it just refuses to go anywhere? It's sort of stuck inside your head? Or have, do you ever have someone say something hurtful to you? It's just like a constant replay. You can't get rid of it or, or you start to worry and you got something to worry about, but it's just that it compounds in your head and there's that, it's like a echoing around inside that cranium <laughs> and it just won't go away. Do you know, I found there's actually uh, someone who wrote a song, a group sings it, that is, it's called Voices in Our Head and some of the lyrics, please turn down the voices in my head going on and on again. Please turn down the voice in my head because I'm trying to go to bed. <laughs> How many have been there? Just It just doesn't stop. There are four times we are very vulnerable to the destructive kind of voices in our head when we're fatigued. Uh, not eating right, you know, we're vulnerable. Um, also, when we're emotionally depleted, that, 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 those voices in our head can just gang right up on us and we're just sort of so weak to, to push them back. Uh, mental health struggles, especially if, uh, you know, side effects of drugs sometimes, just and the, the voices can be there as part of it. Or we're processing traumatic experiences, you know, just stuff's going on in our head. Uh, you know, I was talking to a, a leader a few days ago whose job it is to travel, be in touch with different churches in Canada. And I, I said, you know, I don't get out much. What's happening? <laughs> what's the, uh, what's the, the climate, the spiritual climate? What are people saying in the church today? You know, I was surprised by his answer. He, he just said, you know, he said, Keith, he said, there, there's, a, there's a, a lot of people that are, are complaining and uh, he, he used the word cranky. He said, there's a lot of cranky people out there right now, but there's a lot of voices that we can get in our head. Now, watch this now. Let's start out very positive. There are some voices that are worth keeping in our head. You know, how many know God speaks through the, the beauty of creation, of his power, his design ability? So that, that's one of the voices that we can, we can listen to. You know, my wife and I had a tradesperson at our place up in the Perry Sound area doing some work for us. And I was, I was talking to him about uh, you, our church, and, and uh, following Jesus, how it means everything to me. And it was sort of new to him, but, uh, you know, I, 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 he began to talk and he said, you know, when I'm out in the woods sometimes, up in that beautiful area in the near north of Canada, so when I'm outside, I just, I sit there and I can, just, I can feel something. And I just feel like, look around, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so good to be. I said, you know what you're doing? You're worshiping. You're worshiping. You're, there's something of you that's expressing gratitude to the creator who made all of this beauty. And he, he, when he was dropping off the uh, bill and I was paying the check, he, he, he said to me, he says, you know, I enjoyed our talks. He says, sometimes we go deep, but he said, I like it. <laughs> But creation, God speaks to everyone who is open 
to seeing the beauty and design and power there. And also uh, scriptural truth. You know, when we meditate on it, verses from the Bible, you've been there where you just read something, it gives you perspective and confidence and hope. And, and how many times have you faced something and then a scripture you read in the past comes into your head and it just just helps you, <laughs> just gives you what you need in that moment. Also, truth and wisdom from people. You know, you leave a, a time with some people and you feel built up spiritually. They say things that encourage you to keep following the Lord as never before. And then thanksgiving. Scripture says it this way, in everything give thanks. Let that be a constant uh, uh, thought resource that you draw on in every, not for everything, give thanks, but in everything, you still have lots to be thankful for, right? And then Jesus' voice and his spirit's promptings. But how do you know it's his voice? How do you know it's not just a voice in your head? We're going to get there. I'm, I, as Jerry said earlier, we're going to look at seven guidelines for choosing the voices that you allow in your head, all right? But there are voices, listen, watch this now. There are voices that will try to get in your head that will try to turn what God says upside down. They will. There, there are voices that will do mind damage if you keep them in your head. You know, last weekend we began this series and we saw that there is a realm that we see, the physical realm, but there's also a real realm that we cannot see. And we are wired spiritually to worship our creator and to reach out to him. And we are wired to connect with God in that realm as an individual human. And churches, we saw last week, and operate in that realm. When the, the leaders and, uh, and, and the people are on Christ's mission and say, we're, we're, we're also, we're not just here as a charitable organization to do good acts in our world, to do humanitarian things. We are here as a spiritual force to push back darkness so that people can see the light of Jesus Christ and, and have life everlasting with him. They will not perish, but will have everlasting life through Christ Jesus. But in that realm, there's a real devil. Now, if this is new to you, if this is strange, it's called Stranger Things, right? The series. And if it's strange to you, just go back because I can't cover everything that Pastor Jonathan did such a great job uh, covering in the first teaching of our Titanium series last summer. So go on the church's website, past teachings, and find that it just covers a lot of not just good guys out there in the invisible realm. There are nasty beings that are out for your destruction. Now, you say, well, how will I recognize their voice? How will I recognize their voice? Well, Jesus said this. He said, the devil's native language is lies. That's what he said. He, he's, the, he's the father of lies. That's what he, he breeds them. And so if you hear a lie, that's, that's, that's someone that's operating in that evil realm, something that does destruction. Condemnation, if you're condemned, you know, there, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, but if the voices of accusation and condemnation, uh, that, that get repeated in our heads sometimes. Uh, it, it's not only the, the devil that gets in on that, sometimes it's uh, self-condemnation. You know, 
Now that can come in two, two ways, I guess, where people say something that hurts us, whether it's true or not, that it hurts us, and we replay it over, over in our minds, and we start to put ourselves down. You know, you're so stupid, you'll never amount to anything. You're such a loser. People will say things, racist things, things that a bully says when they're trying to put someone down to make themselves feel like they are superior. And, and you know, it, so many people just say things operating out of their own brokenness and anger and pride. And, and we can just let those things, whether they're true or not, get into our head and go on like a broken record. Or we can, we don't even need anybody's help sometimes. We can condemn ourselves. How? By replaying our own mess ups. I know people, they'll even say, Jesus, forgive me. But then they'll go out and they won't forgive themselves. And they just, condemn themselves. Another way it happens is selfish mind damagers. Selfish mind, you say, what are they? Well, let's let two verses from the New Testament describe what they are, all right? Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. No, notice what I, why did I highlight these ones? All of these are voices in your head. You know, sexual immorality can be uh, a physical action, but impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, they happen in our head. There are voices in our head. Now, look at what else Peter, the apostle Peter says this. He says, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Some, sometimes it's what, how we live or what we say, but deceit, and I should have had envy highlighted there, malice, all those things take place. Now notice what he says. He says, rid yourselves of them. Put them to death. Do you see it? Those damaging voices in your head, you don't just politely ask them to leave. You know, greed in my head, would you just please hush up a little bit? Thank you very much. Lust, can you just be a little bit quieter over there, please? No, no. He says, he says, get rid of those voices. Better yet, he says, put them to death. Don't ask them to partially leave. You know, don't be like the guy who wrote the Canadian Revenue Service and he said, dear, dear CRA, I'm sending you this money because I cheated on my income tax and my conscience has been bothering me. If it doesn't stop bothering me, I'll send you the rest. You know? <laughs> All right, so what do we do? How do we live so that we don't have these damaging voices drowning out, you know, the... the God voices in our head, what God once said of us. How, how do we do this? Let's look at seven guidelines for choosing the voices that you allow in your head. Here's guideline number one. Specialize in knowing Jesus' voice, and you'll automatically have a well-functioning strange voice detector. All right? Here's how Jesus says that. He says, his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Now, my wife Esther and I have been married for uh, well over 40 years now, and uh, a friendship that went back more years than that. And, uh, you know, something that happens all the time, and that is I can hear her voice in my head. I, I, I can face a situation and I'll think I know exactly what Esther would say if she was here right now. I know exactly what she would say about it. She doesn't even have to be there and I can hear 
her voice. You say, give us an example. Okay, I'll give you an example. She has the ability to detect temperature change. Unlike any other being I have ever encountered in my entire life. As soon as a temperature is a milli-degree colder or hotter than the ideal, I, 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 I can hear about it. And then it's not cold, it's freezing. And it's not warm or hot, it's sweltering. You know why? I know, but it, it's sweltering in here. And even more baffling, it can, she can go from freezing to sweltering in 4.5 seconds. It's just amazing phenomenon. So even if a temperature is cold to me, and I hear a voice saying, a beautiful feminine voice saying, I love this cold. I know that is the voice of a stranger. <laughs> I know she would never say that about that kind of a situation. The point is this, the longer you and I humbly walk with Jesus, the more we recognize his voice. You know what he'll say in a certain situation, so that when you go into that situation, his voice is right there. In your mind, you can hear what he would say about that. Maybe he reminds you of something he said in the Bible in a past similar situation. But you can go into something and, 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 and hear that voice and say, that sounds exactly what Jesus would say. And you can encounter something else and hear something else and say, Jesus would never say anything like that. As a teen, I remember people saying, you know, well, God told me. And then when I heard what God told them, it was all about themselves or it, there was anger or something in there. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's, that doesn't sound like something that Jesus would say. Or if weird stuff would happen in the church, uh, you could just, that doesn't sound like Jesus. That doesn't point to Jesus. You see, Jesus, watch how Jesus says his sheep, his followers react when it's his voice, and how they react when it's not his voice. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. They follow him. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. All right? Do you see that? So when there's fear, <laughs> that's the voice of a stranger. And we, we, we follow at that point. Faith. 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 The Savior who says, do not be afraid, fear not. When we're confused, he's not the author of confusion. He says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, I, I give you my peace. Divisiveness. When, when that, we, we run from that. We, we want the unity that Jesus prays that his followers would be identified by in this world. Unity is not uniformity. It doesn't mean everyone agrees, but it means that for the sake of Jesus, we unify around the, the mission of reaching people for Jesus and seeing them grow in him. Greed. You know, if you hear the voice of greed, 
generous stewardship. Remember Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. Listen, if you're ever watching something on YouTube of a, someone in the name of Jesus and they're saying, you know, or, or something on television, they're saying, you know, if you give to me and my ministry, God will bless you 10 times over, you know? And they, they're so convincing and they use Bible verses out of context, but they, they use them and they build this case and you're just thinking, wow, that sounds like a great return for my investment if I'll just give to them. God's going to give me so much back. But then, but then something there doesn't sound like the voice of Jesus. It's not anything like what he said in the Bible. And they recognize that it's a voice of a stranger. Jesus is clear. God sees and blesses giving that's motivated by loving God and, and, and impacting our world, loving people. But he never, he never blesses greed. And he never blesses someone who is motivated by greed. I'm giving so that I can get. He, he does that. And so it's a voice of a stranger. What about shame? Shame. Oh, when the voice of shame comes, how many are thankful that we confess our sins? He cleanses away all our sin. We have grace. We have God's grace. That's what needs to speak loud. We know where to run to. We run to grace. We run from shame. All right? So... There's something about walking with Jesus in the scriptures and knowing what God would say, all right? That's guideline number one. Number two, hang out with people who have Jesus-like outcomes in their lives. Jesus said, a tree is known by its fruit. He was talking about people when he said that. You look at what a person produces if you want to know what kind of person they really are. You said, well, but didn't he also say not to judge? Yeah, we are not to judge, to put down, to want anything wrong to happen to anybody, but we are to be fruit inspectors. What do we look for as fruit inspectors? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When I see that in people's lives, I want to know how to do it better. So I hang out with those people. Scripture says this, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life. Imitate their faults? No, imitate their faith. But look at the outcome. Say, God, I want to have those kinds of outcomes. I, I've got something I can learn there. The Apostle Paul wrote to pastors Timothy and Titus about not hanging around with people who cause divisions. He says, if people are causing divisions among you, give them a first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. In other words, hang out with people who are Christ-like in the way they treat other people. People who contribute to the kind of unity that Jesus prayed for his church, that he said we'd be known for, the love and unity that he has with his Father, that, that, that we would look like that to people in the world. People who have Jesus-like outcomes in their life. H hang out with them. All right, the third guideline. Get to a place where you surrender all voices to Jesus. Wow, this is so important. Here's how Jesus said it. He says, if you cling to your life, you know, just hang on, you will lose it. You'll lose your mind too. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Just, I surrender all to you. I can trust you with every area of my life. You know, sometimes you and I can feel something so strongly, <laughs> we think we're hearing 
from Jesus. We think we're hearing from the Holy Spirit or God. I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, I've fasted for three days before I came to see you about this, and they're still filled with anger and pride and contempt towards other people that they want to talk nasty about. Listen, listen, you can, you can fast all you want, but fasting is to bring us to a place of humility where we say, oh God, help me see people the way that you see them and talk to them the way that you talk to them. I remember one man who said he heard God's voice and he made an appointment, he came to see me, and he says, God told me that I would be a pastor on your staff. I could have said some cute things like, you know, well, God didn't tell me that. But I, but I just tried to coach him through how, how, you know, we can sometimes want something so strongly that, and, and we just see ourselves in a certain situation, but it's not always God's voice. Uh, listen, you don't, listen, you do not have God's voice until you come to a place where you surrender your feelings, your agenda, what you think, your thoughts, you surrender them all to the Lord. Uh, James describes the place that we need to get to. He, let me read it. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds, done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. You know, I, I, I was thinking of in a time in my life where I had to make a decision regarding my future. I had these voices in my head. Some of them were pride. Some of them were fear. Uh, I was asked to be a, a senior pastor of a church in Edmonton, Alberta that I had assisted in for two years and things had gone so well in that church. And then when the senior pastor left, the board unanimously and strongly just kept asking if I would allow my name to go before the membership to serve them. And, and I kept hearing these voices in my head and my wife can verify it. I would talk to her and say, you know, I'm too young. I'm too inexperienced. Matter of fact, the church was uh, already in multiple services and, and needed to go into a building program. I'm 24 years old. What were they thinking? <laughs> and, and so I prepared my speech. I had it ready when I met with the board. And I, and I said to them, as much as I treasured their strong and unanimous invitation to be their new pastor, the church needed a more experienced pastor than I was. And because I loved them, I wanted that for them. I, I, they were facing a building program and I'd never done that before. I'd pray about it, but right now I'm feeling too young and too inexperienced. Maybe someday I can take on that job. The next day, the next morning, I was in my study. You know, the baby's crib's there and my study desk is here. And I opened my Bible for my daily time with the Lord. I picked up where I left off the day before and read these words. King David said, my son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house of the Lord is to be built for him. God says he is the one who will build a house for my name, and then he tells Solomon, be strong and courageous. And I just got to a place of surrender where I surrendered my pride and my fear. And uh, you know, that ended up, the outcome, that ended up to be 
some of the most fruitful years of seeing people come to Jesus and growing in Jesus in that city of Edmonton. But I had to get to a place, you have to get to a place where you can surrender all other voices to the voice of Jesus. And then number four, fourth guideline, put into practice what God is already speaking to you about and he'll reveal more. here's, Here's where I saw this truth in Philippians. All of us then who are mature, should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too, God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Do you see it? Do you know what stands in the way of hearing God's voice for you and me sometimes? Listen to me. We're not listening to what he's already talked to us about. You want to hear God's voice more clearly? What's an area where uh, you and I aren't living up to what God has already attained, uh, revealed to us? We, we, we haven't attained that yet. What has God already spoken to you or me about that we're, all, we're, we're not doing yet? We're not doing. You know, it could be, listen, you say, give, give us examples. It can be you saying, you know, I know Jesus loves me, died for me, wants to forgive me, but I want to live my own life. And then you pray about something and you wonder why nothing happens. God's not helping in that area. Live up to what you have attained. Start following Jesus. What about being water baptized? You may see it in the Bible and say, oh, I see that's a, a way of declaring publicly what Jesus has done for me privately going public with my faith in Jesus, but you don't do it. You hold back for various reasons. And, and listen, live up to what you have already attained. It's amazing how many people are baptized and they say, you know, when I obeyed the Lord in that area, he blessed me in other areas of my life. It's always that way when we, let our, we get caught up in our obedience. It can be times like for me where I go to pray And the Holy Spirit says to me, you need to make things right with someone before you talk to me. Remember Jesus said, he said, it's like the guy that goes off for a gift at the altar and prayer to God, and and he needs to leave it there and just go and make things right with someone and then come and then God will hear the prayer. Sometimes I have to do that with family members, for other people in my life, just go make things right. It's like you got to live up to what you have attained before you try to move on. And then God reveals more to you. Listen, you cannot be carrying wrong against someone in your heart and expect to hear from God. Not going to happen. Other times I've let my pride get in there. You know, I wonder why God doesn't answer and I just feel this, this should happen and I'm worked up about it. And then spirit reminds me, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourself, Keith, before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. When I live up to what God has already revealed to me, I can hear his voice more clearly. Do you see that? All right, fifth guideline. Trust God to know how much to tell you right now. Trust him to know how much to tell you right now. Jesus wanted to tell his first disciples when he was here on earth a lot more than what he told them. Not just because he ran out of time, but they were not in a place where they could handle what he wanted them to know. It was a timing issue. Listen to Jesus say it in his own words. There was so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. 
(laughs) But when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but He will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. Do you see it? It, it, It's not that Jesus wasn't going to tell them. It's just that they weren't ready to handle it right then. So he would have his Holy Spirit tell them. He says, you can't bear it right now. You need to get into a place where you can handle what I want to tell you. You know, I've experienced following Jesus long enough to know that sometimes I get into a situation and then I hear God's voice and it's like, why didn't I hear that voice before? Listen, listen to me. Don't forget this. Sometimes when you go through a trial or a loss or a tough time, God's there you know, I, I've learned this. Sometimes God's voice is heard on a need-to-know basis. A need-to-know. We need you, Lord, and he shows up. And sometimes it's not just like he gives you a bunch of information. Sometimes he'll just give you his presence or a peace that passes all informational understanding. And there are some things that in this walk of faith on earth that you and I will, we're only going to see part of God's plan here anyway. We're not going to get all the information where all the gaps are filled in. It will always be a walk of faith and not by sight. There will always be things we don't understand until we see God's full plan in heaven. All right? Listen listen, listen to this verse. It, It says, all that I know now is partial and incomplete. Then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. All right, number six. Six guideline. Don't add to what the Spirit says. I was uh, seven years old at a family reunion. This is a seven-year-old boy at this family reunion at my grandparents' place in Ottawa. And one evening, we, everyone was just sort of hanging out, sitting in the living room, eating snacks and these little plates that they had to eat snacks off of. And most of the conversation was adult, blah, blah, blah. And I heard something about teeth, blah, blah, blah. And my, grandma, my grandpa commented that his plate wasn't fitting right, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly I heard my grandfather's voice and he said, I just wish I had a new plate. And everyone just sat there, even my mom. I couldn't believe it. Like, he said, he just wishes he had a new plate. And I thought, I could do that. Why is no one else doing it? And could this be my moment as a seven-year-old where I could be the hero? No one else is moving. I went out to the kitchen cupboard. I found a plate, and I came out to Grandpa and proudly presented him with a new plate. And everyone looked confused. And then suddenly the confusion turned to laughter when they joined the dots and realized that my grandpa was talking about a dental plate and I thought he was talking about a dinner plate. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, I, I, watch this now. I heard the voice right, but my interpretation was wrong. That's what the apostle Peter did when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain with Moses and Elijah. It was God's voice that they heard speaking, and immediately Peter reacts in this supernatural mountaintop experience that Jesus has, the transfiguration. And, and, and he, Peter says, he blurts it out, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. 
what Peter is reacting to is a supernatural revelation of God. God's voice speaks. He's pleased with his son. He's getting his son ready for the next chapter in Jerusalem where he will be crucified. That's what this is all about. But Peter misses the purpose. Not only that, he adds his own interpretation and he recommends to Jesus that we start a building program. <laughs> you see it? We can genuinely hear the voice of God, but then mess it up with our interpretation or by adding to it. Listen, don't add to what the Spirit says. All right, all right, seventh, and then we're going to pray together about the voices in our heads, all right? But seventh, speak what God wants said to who he wants it said to when. All right, we, we've covered the timing, right? The when. We can have something accurately from God, but it's not the right time to share it. We need to ask this too. Who's the audience, Lord? To whom do you want it said? I sense your spirit prompting, but I, the first question we need to ask is, who's this for? Sometimes God just makes something electric to your own soul to build you up. Other times it's go to an individual. You don't go and say, God told me. No, you go to serve them. You humbly offer them. Do you know, does this make sense to you? I just sense God's spirit saying this and, and I, I just want to strengthen you with what I sense God is saying to me. Or we share it with a wider audience when it's given to help that audience. But we also do it with how he wants it said. I can have something that God wants said, but watch this. If I don't have a right attitude... <laughs> it's not going to come out right. So how does he want it said? If I have anger or pride or sarcasm or, or if I wish ill, malice is what that means, on that person, it's going to taint the message and it won't be received. People will react to the attitude and they'll miss the message. Paul explains the best way to bring about the right response. He says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response, the right outcome for everyone. All right, so, so what voices are in your head these days? What voices are competing with God's voice? Trying to drown it out, trying to distort God's voice. What voices are there? You know, uh, voices of worry or stress. How many, you're saying, wow, they are way too loud in my head, these this chapter of COVID and the future and just what I'm dealing with personally. Or, or, or maybe it's, it's just a replay of voices from the past, people that have put you down or are putting you down. Uh, it can be a, a, your own voice of anger or bitterness or, or not wanting God's best for someone. Voices that you want to get rid of. It can be voices of fear about the future, confusion in your head, lust that just doesn't want to go away, self-condemnation, all of these voices. So, so Lord, let's pray. First of all, we prepare our minds to hear your voice in our heads. We humble ourselves and we receive your grace. Cleanse us, Lord, from all Voices that would damage us and our future. Whatever voices in our head are competing with yours, we get rid of them. We put them to death. Anything that drowns or distorts your voice or interferes with us loving other people, we, we get rid of those voices. So we move now to a place of surrender. 
All those voices, Jesus, we just, we just let them fall by the wayside. Lord, would you speak to everyone who is part of this gathering? Everyone that's going through a time of, un just like when the disciples were going through that time of uncertainty, what's going on regarding the future? And you said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Lord, we pray right now. We invite the peace of God that passes all understanding to rule our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And we decide to, to leave this gathering to do our best, Lord, and then just to surrender to you the rest, just to trust you. Let words of thanksgiving fill our hearts and flow from our mouths, even to one another, we pray this day. And we're asking you, Lord, to, to help us handle our lives, our conversations, our, our church, our community groups, uh, whatever witness that we have to other people. Lord, we're asking you to help each of us be your voice in the heads of other people, we pray. We pray this for each one. And how, how many want that to happen? Can you say together with me? Amen. That means so be it. Yes, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.